Father, we thank you for the fact that, Lord, this is a day that you've made, and we can choose to rejoice and be glad in it, Father, or we can also choose to kind of wallow in our own sorrows. And this morning, Father, we choose life. We don't choose death. We choose you and not this world. And in your word, we do know that it says that, that we are in this world, but we are not of this world, Father. Uh, we are of the Spirit. We are of you. We are of the, the heavenly realm, Father. And that's where we come from. God, I thank you so much that when we, we talk to people about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can let them know that, Lord, we're not from here. We don't, we don't do things the way the world does. We do them the way you do. We do them the way the Spirit uh, pushes us to do them, Father. We, we, take our, um, we take our instructions from the Word of God. Thank you so much for the Word, Father. But again, Lord, you, you didn't have to allow us to get up this morning. You really didn't. But every person in here, me included, Lord, you've seen it fit that we have more to do in this world. We have more to accomplish. And Father, you want us to serve. And it's not just about accomplishing that which you've put in us, Father. As much as it is being in right relationship with you. As much as it is being close to you, Father. As much as it is just communicating you in everything that we do. You've given us another day to do that. And Lord, we're going to rejoice and be glad in today. So we love you this morning, Father. We need your spirit to flow through this place. To flow through us. God, we need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Well, thank you so much for making it here. I know that it's crazy cold outside. And you can go ahead and just turn me down. I don't got to be that loud. Um, I know it's crazy outside, or excuse me, crazy cold outside to the point where you walk outside and it smacks you in the face. It's a very rude awakening. But we started first service with a couple people and it filled up obviously, but I appreciate you bundling it up and come, coming and hanging out with us. And so you guys know kind of how we've been on this service bit the past three, four weeks. We're going to continue in that just a little bit today and kind of wrap all that up. Um, but I, I oftentimes, and what I'm going to do here is, we did this at the end of service, last service. We're going to do it at the beginning of service, this service, as far as getting these ministry leaders up in front of you and just you being able to put a face to a ministry uh, when it comes to maybe the Lord's putting it on your heart to serve in the, in the children's ministry. I want you to know who that ministry leader is. Same thing with the women's. I want, to know, I want you to know who that ministry leader is. So we, we left that to the end of service, last service. We're actually going to do it at the beginning here. But before I jump into that, you know, there's, uh, I say this not a lot, but sometimes it happens where throughout the week, Beck and I, as we prepare for messages, if either Beck's preaching or I'm preaching, it's a, it's a labor-intensive process because you're just in the Word trying to study, trying to make sure that 
it, it's, it's going to be communicated well. And here's what the Lord is saying. And you just, you don't ever want to lead the sheep astray. Well, there's times where you get done with all of that. And I'm not saying that that whole process is uh, labor, laborsome in a bad way. I'm not saying that at all. I enjoy it. I love it. But there are times where the night before or the day of, the Lord just says, I have something different for this group of people. Um, and today is one of those days where uh, you have some, some scriptures in your bulletin that we probably aren't going to get to. Um, but it's not that we're not going to look at the Word. We're going to be looking at Luke 9.23, John 15.7 and 8. And I didn't have a chance to read John 13.34 and 35 last week or uh, last service, but we might get in, be able to get into that today. Um, and I already got to apologize. I had to have people go get me tissues <laughs> last service because it was just very emotional. Uh, an emotional just delivery, I guess, of, of what the Lord had in me because it's specific to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming into a season here where it's very easy to misunderstand why we celebrate Christmas. It really is. Everybody's got wreaths. You decorate your home. You got the tree. Everything that looks like the Christmas season. I'll tell you what, that's the season. It is. It's Christmas. Put the lights up. Get the, get the Christmas wear out. Dining set, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know if people have that. All right? But that's the season. But this cross that I have behind me right here, ladies and gentlemen, that's the reason for the season. Does that make sense? The season can be presents and all kinds of crazy family, good and bad, whatever. But the reason is because of that cross. And I don't want us to miss that. We've been talking about service. And I want to tie all that in today. And I'm going to be... I'm going to try to do it the best I can. Not the best I can. I'm going to let the Lord do it through me, alright? And if I'm a blubbering fool up here, I'm sorry. I just can't help it. Um, but before we jump into that, um, and can I have you go get Taylor for me real quick? I'm going to have Veronica Arnold come up here, and she is the, the leader of our Mercy Ministry. And she's just going to give you just a couple minutes on, on what she does and how, if you feel called to serve uh, in our Mercy Ministry, that she's your contact person. But go ahead and just let them... Well, the Mercy Ministry is the benevolent arm of ESS Christ Fellowship, and um, uh, we offer services to anyone in the community. They do not have to be members or even attenders at ESS. They do not even have to be Christians. And in fact, we prefer those people because we share Jesus with them, and we give them a warm invitation to our church. Um, when we have money, we offer financial assistance to people, and this is through an interview process, which we need people, volunteers, to do those inter interviews and go to the Lord and find out what he would have us do for them. Um, we pay, we don't give cash, but we pay bills for people to um, the people that they owe. And uh, so we not only need volunteers for that, but we need donations of money uh, so that we can do that. Obviously, we can't do it if we don't have money. Um, when we have a permanent um, building and room in that building, we have a food pantry. And to operate the food pantry, we need volunteers to um, uh, schedule 
the visit clients visits to the food pantry we need people to shop at the food bank and stock the shelves we need volunteers to meet with clients and help them get their food we offer um, we er encourage them to take up to five bags of groceries once every three months so that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of fun and during that process we share Jesus with them and invite them to our church and let them know that they are loved and respected um, in addition to that we also are in charge of the operation Christmas child that that runs in um, October and November and the adopt a family giving tree that runs in November and December we also uh, distribute the the offering that's collected at the Christmas Eve service to our widows and I'm sorry you cannot do that that's mine because it's such a joy to give an envelope full of hundred dollar bills to a widow and they're always so appreciative and so so in need of that so um, be generous at your Christmas Eve service um, but that's what we do and if you'd like to talk to me about any of that I'd be happy to have coffee with you or something and uh, chat with you about it so thank you Appreciate it. Good. Um, let's give Veronica a round of applause there. Thank you for that. Next, we're going to have our uh, children's ministry leader, Taylor, talk to you just a little bit. Go ahead, sir. Hey, sis. My name is Taylor Huffman. Uh, I'm the director of children's ministry currently. Um, and first, I want to give a shout out to all of our teachers. We have amazing teachers and uh, volunteers that help us each week with teaching the kids and giving them lessons and uh, leading them in the word and um, if you guys were here last week we did a little 12 poems of Christmas reading and as Alex said after that that those kids are our future and we really want to make sure that we uh, lead them correctly in that and that our future is bright like the young ones back there that's our future right there so uh, down in kids ministry we try and make sure that the uh, kids are always in the word that our lessons are word based and and we always get in the bible no matter what even if they want snack or something like that still got to get in the word um, but we're always looking for extra hands if you uh, want to volunteer to just hang out with some kids on a Sunday that would be awesome but uh, really I, what I want to ask you guys is just to pray for our uh, our kids of Fort Collins for our kids in ESIS and our kids that aren't a part of ESIS just pray for them and and that they're being taught correct things and that um, when they do come to ESIS that they get filled up just like you guys would here in big church thank you love it thanks I love I love that we're considered big church. You know? I like that. That's good. Well, thank you guys for doing that. Um, kind of like how I was saying earlier, guys, that the, the, the Christmas tree, the wreath, all of that stuff, all of the, the presents, all of the things that we see um, Christmas being... I just want to make sure that as we step into this Christmas season, ladies and gentlemen, we don't miss out on, on why. On why we are celebrating this time. And it's simply because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is it. If the things that we do, that we step into, that we are a part of, 
on any, at any point in any day. If we are not communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we're missing it. We're absolutely missing it. Now see, when I say that, it's interesting. Because people get quiet, they make it somber. Yes, we understand the gospel of Jesus. We might get distracted by our phone. We might get distracted by the bulletin. But, but let, me, let me be very, very clear this morning. Uh, there's nothing that you can do separate from the gospel. And I, and I mean nothing. To take the gospel and water it down and to not preach it and to not uh, be mindful of that in this season is to miss out, really, on the reason. Are you guys with me this morning? So... We've been going through a few sermons that have to do with, with service. One was on an individual level from Mark 10, verses 35 through 45. And we saw in those verses that the, the Lord was speaking to His disciples, mainly two of them, who were trying to advance. And He was basically communicating to them that it's not their job to advance. It's the Lord's job to open up doors and for us to walk through. But at the end of that scripture, he says that even the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. So we have this picture of the highest authority that exists wanting to become the lowest of them all. That the highest authority that we know of came to serve. So why would it be any different for us? And then we move to more of a family-oriented way of serving. Last uh, Sunday was Christmas Family Sunday, and it was great. We had some amazing testimonies from uh, Ivory, and Morgan was here first service, so thank you for, for doing that, Ivory. That was, that was great. Um, but we looked at Joshua 24, verses 1 through 15. And to understand that a family after the cross, a family who is fully devoted to the gospel is one of the most dangerous weapons to the enemy ever that ever exists. It's one of the most dangerous platoons on this earth. So the enemy you better believe is going to do everything he can to break down the family. Everything. But Joshua 24 15, the end of that verse he's speaking to the, the Israelite officials and he's just saying, you know what? Pick one. What he's referring to was serving Gods that weren't God, okay, or serving God. And he said, you pick one, but as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. So he was putting this stake in the ground, drawing a line in the sand saying, this is what I refuse not to do. I refuse not to have my household serve the Lord. I refuse not to let this family go down a road that doesn't look like the cross doesn't look like the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as we continue in this service stuff, what you see on the screen here, it says the source of service. And I'll get to that here through, through some of these notes. The Lord's going to allow me to use some of this stuff. He did last, last service, but... One of the things that I do want to say before I jump into this, I may sound like a broken record. 
And when that happens, the Lord convicts me and He says, you need to stop apologizing for saying the same thing over and over and over. Because what, what gets brought to mind for me is an individual like Billy Graham. Everybody know who Billy Graham is? Alright, this boy has been preaching the same message for 60 years and is responsible for millions and millions of people coming to Christ. And you know what his message was? It was very simple. It's the gospel. It is the, the true gospel and not the watered-down version and not the, hey, come and be a part of our programs. Come and get involved in our ministries. <laughs> it's, look, there's something that was done for you that if you don't realize the depth of it, let me say, let me back up a second and say it like this. There was something that was done for you that you didn't earn, that you, did, you do not deserve. But the Lord willingly went through it for you. Who am I to then doubt Him because of what He did for me? Are you chuckling with me this morning? Alright. Now, another person in this church who, who I absolutely love and um, get poured into quite a bit is Jerry Arnold. And Jerry Arnold is a one message man. When you sit down and you talk to Jerry Arnold, you will hear one thing, that it's Christ in you. And he will do whatever it is that he needs to do through you. And that is it. Some of you are smirking because you sit down and you talk to this man and that's all you hear. But it is so valuable because there's something that is true, that is foundational, that that man will not move from. And it centers me, honestly back on the reality of why I'm doing what I'm doing and the fact that I can't do it by myself I, ha I have to submit to the Lord for him to do things through me so I say those things because I've asked you this question before I really have and we've talked about this what, what I'm about to talk about here before and the question is has anyone ever been burnt out <laughs> Burnt out from your job, burnt out in a relationship, burnt out um, from just a process. I, I don't know. You've just been burnt out in ministry. Alright? You get unbelievably excited when the Lord drops something in you and then for the first couple weeks, couple months, you're just on this spiritual high and you're jumping in and no matter what happens, crossfire and the enemy, and it, it, you're just in. And you're, you're juiced up. Three, four months goes by and more crossfire, more uh, resistance from the enemy, all right? And you kind of have to convince yourself to get up in the morning. And like, I, I know I'm doing this for the Lord. I know He put it in me. And this could be for a job, again, a job, something. I'll let you apply what it needs to be applied to. But then six months to a year down the road, you're asking yourself the question, what in the heck am I doing? Because I am so exhausted that I just don't want to do this anymore. Now this may be five years, ten years, who knows. But I've posed that question to you guys before. And because we're talking about service, what I don't want to happen to any one of you who I'm responsible for taking care of is I don't want you to somewhere down the road, four months from now, six months from now, call me up and say, Alex, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
I had been so beat up and so run, ran through the, the, the stringer, how, however many cliche statements you want to put to that, where you get to a point where you say, I'm going to tap out. Because you can be all happy and excited about serving and wow, our church is giving us opportunities and putting it up in front of us ways in which we can get plugged in. And then the enemy comes and he eats away at you. Six months to a year down the road, you're nowhere to be found. I mean, God forbid I'm nowhere to be found. I hope that I would continue to be here. <laughs> but you guys hear what I'm saying. See, the, there's a source that we have to tap into that it's as a result of something, and I'll get to that something, that I serve. And I'm going to, I'm just going to continue here, but is everybody, is everybody on board with where I'm at right, right now? Okay, good. Your ability, let me make this statement. Your ability to not get burnt out. Okay, your ability to hear His voice. Your ability to gain wisdom. Your ability to, to, to have clarity in the moment right now. Okay, of, of all those things, do, does anybody want wisdom? <laughs> Man, I crave wisdom. Does anybody want clarity right now? I crave that. And I don't want to ever get to the end and say, Lord, what am I doing? I don't want to get to the end of my day and say, did I accomplish anything? And then have the answer be, no, you didn't. Your ability to, to gain all of those things can be categorized. You put all those things in a, in a bucket. We'll call that bucket revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ in a moment. I'm going to make this statement. The time it takes you to receive revelation is in direct relationship with the depth of your devotion to Him. Catch that word. That is a word I'm going to be driving home and beating a dead horse on it for the rest of this message. Your ability to gain revelation in the moment, the time that it takes for that to happen, is in direct relationship to the depth of your devotion to Jesus Christ. Does that make sense this morning? But let me, let me take you just one deeper on it. See, I, I see that as an equation, kind of. And I see it as a, an equation that has an irreducible complexity to it. Meaning that you cannot have revelation without devotion. And you cannot have devotion without revelation. How is it that I cannot have revelation without devotion? Well, let me say this. Revelation only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the Word. Now, if I'm devoted, let me, okay, everybody in here, let's just understand you're devoted to something. You are devoted to your family. You may be devoted to a job. You may, I don't know what it is, but we are creatures of devotion. We're creatures of, of habit. The question is, are you devoted? I'm going to break it down to its least common denominator. Are you, are, are you devoted to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or are you devoted to something that is not that? 
There is no gray area. There is no in or out. It's either black or white. Either you are or you are not. Are you chucking with me? Okay. If I'm devoted to the Lord, that means I'm in the Word. And that's when revelation comes. But I can't have revelation without devotion. I can't have true revelation without the truth. Does that make sense? And what is the truth? The truth is the Word of God. So let me continue in this. This is where John 15, 7 and 8 comes in. And I want you guys to turn to that this morning. Because I don't want to be up here just talking about stuff. And these are verses that come from our, our discipleship track. But here's what John 15, 7 and 8 says. It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. It says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciple." When it comes to devotion and revelation being two things that are needed, what this verse is communicating is that what does it mean to abide? Abiding means to live, uh, to make your home. The Lord is saying, if you make your home in me, in the words that I have allowed the Spirit to drive, that are God-breathed words. If those words live inside of you, then you can do something huh, that just blows my mind, this next set of Scripture. You can ask anything that you want. And the next part of it is the part where, I'll get to this in a, in a second, that blows me away. It'll be done for you. It's not something, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to try to do. That you have to conjure up the energy to go and be devoted to the Lord. Devotion to the Lord, I'll, say, I'll tell you this, is not something you can do on your own. And I'll get to that later. But you know how I was asking you guys a question about being burnt out. And maybe it was a relationship. Well, I have the wonderful privilege of being poured into by a pastor every week. Um, some of you may know him, but he's, he begins telling me a story. And I'm, uh, I want to share this with you because it's, it kind of ch changed my perspective on this word devotion. Smack me in the face. He's telling me this story about how about 10 years into his marriage, he figured out that he didn't love his wife anymore. Now I'm sitting across from the table like, are you kidding me? Brother, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat wanting to hear the end of this story. But he's saying, yeah, man, I just got to the point where I was talking to the Lord. And as a side note, that's a difference. there's a difference between talking to the Lord and letting the Lord talk to you. Okay, So he's sitting here telling the Father, I just don't think I love my wife anymore. So he goes through getting this speech ready to say, ready to sit his wife down and break the news to her. And he's continuing to talk to the Lord and says, yes, I, I know it's that I just, I don't have it in here. 
for her. No, I don't love her anymore. And clear as day, clear as day, the Lord spoke to this man and said this, you don't know what love is. <coughs> Changed his life. Ten years of trying to be devoted to the Lord on his own accord brought him to a place where he was ready to tell his wife, I don't love you anymore. And you know what, the, you know what Jesus had to say? You know what the Lord had to say? You have no idea what love is. And that man, he told me that story and it just it rocked my world because here's, here's what I fall into. I am very performance minded in a lot of different ways in my life. And the Lord constantly has to kick me out of that. Short, very short story for me. I went through a... Uh, uh, one of these ultimate training camps for athletes in action and they do this thing called the special where it's just 20 hours of straight competition. Uh, long story short, I get to a point where my entire lower body is cramping and I'm screaming. I'm screaming. Okay? That hurts. Alright? Your quads cramp, you try to pull it out, no, hamstrings go. So you're just on the ground and I'm just looking at my legs like, ah, ah, right? Well, see, at the beginning of the competition, I told the Lord, look, I just want to perform for you. I just want to do everything I can for you. And he sat my butt down and he said, I do not want what you can do for me. I just want you. Man. So the reason I use this story about the pastor who told me about his wife. Okay, they've been married 43 years now. All right. But that just jogs my mind and takes me to a place where I think it's 1 John 4.19 where it says that we loved because He first loved us. This man was not able to completely and fully love his wife until the Lord showed him two things. What love is and how much the Father loved him. Do you catch me when I say that? Alright. So the statement, again, I can't fully love someone, truly love someone, until I come to a place of revelation of how He loves me and loves, period. So again, I said I'm kind of performance-minded and the Lord has to kick that out of me. So when it comes to this statement with devotion, I can't be truly devoted to Him until I come to a deep and meaningful revelation of this. Understanding how devoted He is to me. I am unable... Let me back up for two seconds here. I have to make this statement before I make the last statement that I made. That our service ladies and gentlemen, comes as a result of our devotion to the Father. My service and me jumping in and me wanting to say, yes, here, you can use me to serve, comes as a result of my devotion, that word devotion, to Jesus. But because I'm so performance-minded, I become a performer in my devotion. And this is what hit me so hard about all of this. If he had to show this man how to love in order to love, 
then Jesus has to show us what devotion is in order for us to be devoted. Does that make sense? Now, what does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like the gospel, obviously. But we're in a season right now where it's Christmas. We want to tell the Christmas story. We don't want to make it about presents. We don't want to make it about uh, anything other than what it says in Isaiah 9-6 that unto us a child is given. And at this moment in history, history was about to change. We get a glimpse of Jesus' tenure on earth. 33 years. And it's not until that 30th year that His ministry really began to take off. And we see that in the Word. But at the end of His ministry, He does something. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I believe that we have to understand where the source of our service is. Is that this baby grew up to a place where at the end of his life he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane praying so hard that the Lord would take his cup from him and what was that cup that cup ladies and gentlemen was every sin that you have ever committed every sin that I have ever committed and will commit. He's saying, I want to take that. And I want to carry that. And I don't want you to have to pay for the penalty of what that is. Now what did he do? He endured the most excruciating beating that you could have ever seen. And if you've ever watched The Passion of the Christ... They asked Mel Gibson, why did you make it so gory? And he's like, we, we actually toned it down. Can you believe that? That there are times in your life where you, in my life, that we actively say, Lord, what you did when you walked to the cross wasn't enough. I mean, do you realize that we say those things subconsciously or even consciously? That he was beaten to a pulp and he had some hundred pound cross on his back that he would walk up a hill continually falling over being spit on trashed food being thrown at him being mocked finally getting up to the top of Golgotha and getting hoisted up on this this cross and they they punch a spear into the side of his body But somehow I'm saying that that's not enough. Somehow I'm saying that it's more so about the season than it is about the reason. Now, the Father loves you so much that even when the people in front of the cross, the, the, the soldiers in front of the cross are throwing dice for His garment, He cries out to the Father on their behalf. And He says, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. How many times has He said that to you? That I forgive you because at the moment I know that you don't know what you're doing. That in and of itself, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest love story that has ever been communicated and lived out.
that in order for me to serve, I understand that my service comes as a result of my devotion to Him. But do I even understand how devoted He is to me? Do I even understand how much He loves me? And how there are things in my life that I should be dead because of? There are things in your life that you, should, you shouldn't even be here. He should not even have allowed us to wake up this morning. But He is so devoted to you and His relationship with you that He will go to the cross for that. Do you catch me this morning? See, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that drives us to serve. It's not because of my devotion to Him that I serve it's because of His devotion to me that, I, that service comes from that. Because I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve that. But for you to come in here or any church and get some watered down version of the gospel, then I'm missing it. And I'm just not, I'm just in a place where the Lord's saying, look, brother, you have to bring me to these people. And I so love that we're getting into, into Romans because my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, phew, buckle up. Not that Nehemiah was a bad book to be in. But it breaks my heart that I have not given him what he gave me in return. When you doubt yourself, he doesn't. When you don't believe it's going to happen, he says it's already happened. That's how devoted He is yes. to us. Now, you know what I love about, and I, and I spoke this last, last Sunday. If you want to turn there, it's John 5, 19, just a couple pages over. And here it is. It says, Therefore Jesus answered, and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it, is, unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. The Lord will never ask you to do something that he's never done before. Why? Because he's looking at the Father and he's not going to do anything that the Father isn't doing. I said that last week, but it's, it's so potent for me this week because... As he's devoted to me and he gave his life for me. That's not something that I want us to just say ho home past the potato chips. We hear that every Sunday. I want that to be real every single day. But if he's willing to die for me, am I willing to die for him? That's where my devotion comes from. If he's willing to get up on a cross and say, the penalty of your sin is death, but I'm going to pay that, then what am I willing to pay? And it comes through Luke 9.23. You, you want a rubric for love in the, in the Word? He shows you how to love. John 13, 34 and 35. He says, I want you to love the way that I showed you how to love. That's how you will prove to be my disciple. But if you can, turn over to Luke 9.23.
He never asks us to do anything that He hasn't done Himself. And it says this, And He was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after Me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. Now this verse starts out with one of the greatest love stories or gifts, let me say that, that is a love story. One of the greatest gifts ever given to man, and that's free will. He starts off with one verse and says, if. He says, this is a revolving door. If you really want to be a follower of Christ, let me show you what it's going to take. But it's not something I'm going to force you to do. Why? Because I love you. Once you walk through this door, you can also walk out. Here's what it's going to take to walk through the door. Everything that you are, everything that you have, that you want, your flesh, your desire, I need you to check that at the door. You know what I need you to do? I need you to die to yourself. Why? Because I died for you. Why? Because I gave you the gospel of Jesus Christ. In sacrificing my life, so that you can live. Everything that is you, you need to check that at the door. And you know what that, it doesn't mean that you lose yourself. It doesn't mean that you never get to have or, or be what you want to be. That doesn't mean that at all. One thing that I really appreciate about my father, there are times where I was like, look dad, I don't need you to be a pastor right now. I need you to be a dad. So in my own little, you know, teenager mind, I was like freaking out. Saying, why do you always have to be a pastor to me? But in hindsight, he was being exactly what the Lord asked him to be. As a pastor, for me, I have to approach everything that way. Because it's my anointing. And that's where we get to denying yourself, but then picking up his cross. Not big H. I'm talking about little H. That's what it says in there. Because he took care of dying on the cross for us. That was his purpose. But my purpose, I know my purpose is to be a shepherd. I have to approach everything through the anointing of a shepherd. What he's asking you to do is leave yourself, die to yourself, and pick up what I put in you to do. And simply operate out of your anointing. And do this daily. And simply just follow me. Are you guys trucking with me this morning? If we get away from the gospel of Jesus Christ in anything that we do, we're missing it. We're missing it. I can have the most glorified message to bring to you guys and have the eloquence of speech that... I mean, you guys already know that I struggle with speech sometimes. <laughs> Tripping all over my words and my thoughts, but at the same time, if it becomes about that, then hey... Don't come here anymore. Come here because we're concerned about adding seats to the kingdom because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have been so convicted in the fact that what are, are, are we doing that? And there are times when I hear an answer that looks un, not quite. That's hard to hear. I'm not saying we're totally off in left field and we're missing it. No. Here I am asking you guys to serve. And at the same time, 
not wanting you to serve from your own excitement, but to serve because of your devotion to Jesus Christ. But understand that your devotion to Jesus Christ comes because of His devotion to you. Because of His devotion to me. That which I can never earn. That which I do not deserve. And that in and of itself is what should be communicated in every sentence, in every word, in every action, in every conversation, in every interaction. Is it? It's a sobering question. I'll tell you what, if I answer it, I have completely fallen short in a lot of areas of my life. Do you guys catch that this morning? That it's not this glorified message and, you know, I got these amazing talking points and great analogies today. That's not it. As much as do you really grasp the totality, the seriousness of how much your Father in Heaven is for you. I want that to become revelation to you through your experience with the Father today. Today. That, that goes deep. And if it's been covered up by something, let the Lord uncover it. Because He has plucked you out of some dark places and set your feet on a foundation that is Him. And that is the only reason we are devoted to Him. Because He is devoted to us. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Amen. Amen. If you can, what was in your bulletin was it was Mark 10, 17 through 27. And this is a story, I didn't say this in first service, but this is the story of the rich young ruler. And he wants to follow Jesus. And Jesus says to him, here are the ways that you can do that. And he responds by saying, I've done all of those. His final statement says this, okay, well I need you to go home, sell everything that you have, and then come follow me. The rich young ruler's attitude on the way home was... One to take note of. He was depressed out of his mind because he had done so much in his life to gain so much uh, material wealth that the Lord was saying, you can't bring that. So what I'm, what I'm asking you guys this morning is to let go of what it is that you think you need to build and bring with you. To deny yourself this morning and get to a place where the gospel is real to you again. I'm not saying everybody in here the gospel is not real to you. But if it's not at the forefront, if it's not right in front of you, if you don't operate out of that, then maybe you and the Lord need to get in that quiet place and understand or ask Him a question of what am I really doing? What am I really accomplishing? Because if it's separate from the gospel, then we need to reevaluate some things. Amen? 
I'm going to have uh, Jared come back up here. We're going to close this morning. Uh, and get prepared for our offering if we can do that. The one man band. What you guys are going to be hearing, as I look around the room, I meet with most of you guys. And I know that you guys are believers. I do. But what you're going to hear from the pulpit every Sunday, from here until I stop doing this, whenever the Lord calls me home or calls me to something different, you're going to be hearing the gospel presentation and invitation. That is something that I as a pastor have gotten away from. And I refuse to do that anymore. Because I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to add seats to the kingdom, not just rearrange people. So let's, uh, yeah, let's bring the kids up here with the offering. I love that. You guys come up front. And we'll pray for this and then pass the plate. How you guys doing? You good? Right on. Come over here. Let's just pray for this real quick. Father, thank you so much for um, the offering, Lord. And just the, um, the opportunity to be able to give. Father, we want to be diligent and obedient in that. And just ask that you would bless what gets put in the plate. And that it would not be given begrudgingly, uh, Father, but it would be given with a joyful heart. Understanding and knowing that it's all yours anyway, Lord. We can't do anything separate from you, separate from your gospel. So I thank you for these two young men up here who are, who are helping us out with this this morning, Father. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. So go ahead and pass that. You can go this way. We know, Lord, that there's no amount of glorified preaching, motivational speaking, or influencing that anybody can do in anyone's life to get their heart to a place where they're ready to accept you, Jesus. That is something that you do separate from man. You created me. You created us. You created your children. And therefore, you know every heart. You know where we're at. You know what we're dealing with. Father, you know the pain. You know the happiness. You know all of it. And Lord, maybe there's there's somebody in here who's been convicted by what has been spoken this morning about the gospel. That here is a man, you, Father, who became man. You were all that was God and all that was man. And Lord, you were tempted by the same things we were. You came down here for a purpose, Lord. And that purpose was to pay the penalty of my sin so that I didn't have to die because of what I've done. Lord, you took care of that. God, I pray if, the, if there's anybody in here who that's hit them to a point where Lord, they want to give their lives to you for the first time, make you their Lord and personal Savior. Father, I pray that you would move on them in this moment. Speak to their heart. And if that's what they want to do, Father, they would just raise their hand. If that's you, if the Lord's speaking to you to give your life to Christ for the first time, please just throw your hand up in the air. We'll, we'll pray for you and welcome, pray for you and welcome you into the kingdom. 
Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your story. And it's a story of redemption, a story of, of love. God, I just pray that we don't ever water that down. And we don't ever be ashamed of, of, of speaking that out. What I pray for in these people this morning, Lord, is that you would shake them up. Put them in situations, Lord, where it requires the gospel to be preached. The gospel to be spoken. Lord, for our love to you, for, for you and your love for us to be something that we can't keep inside anymore. Let's stand to our feet. Let's finish by singing this song and I'll bring us back here in a second. Amazing grace How sweet As I was just looking around at the congregation, he was he was questioning me on, on some things. And I know that We've heard that this is what we call a five-fold ministry, a, a church. And I don't know if everyone fully understands what that means or what it looks like. But in Ephesians 4.11, it talks about certain offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in those specific offices. And I know that God has chosen me in the office of a prophet but what I will say is we're disjointed without all of those offices. And when I was sitting there, the Lord was pressing on me, saying, where are my people? And he began pressing in further that he's a God of multiplicity. And I was, I was just sitting there thinking about that and how ineffective the church can be without those five offices. And to, to bring better clarity to that, an, an evangelist is vital. He was talking about Billy Graham earlier and what his focus, and that focus was evangelism. And think about that like catching fish. But you know, when, when you catch fish, you got to clean them, right? And that's really pastors and teachers. You, you bring these fish in and they begin to clean them and an apostle will help establish things a prophet will begin to speak the oracles of god and appoint footsteps and direction that god wants to impart to these fish that are coming in and being cleaned right but he was further drilling down and you know he's just showing me even you know I get pictures in my mind the Lord gives me and and just you take an ear of corn and everything God does by his design is in the effects of multiplicity you peel back an ear of corn and what's there dozens and dozens of more corn kernels and one of those kernels can do what produce a stalk of more ears of corn that have more kernels of corns and so on and so forth and i'm a financial guy and one of the things that i wanted to share with you folks is that god invented math 
It's incredible, okay? He does everything perfectly. And math does not lie. Mathematicians do, but math does not lie. And God is a God of multiplicity, and multiplicity has a spirit of mathematics behind it. And what I wanted to encourage you folks and just share with what the Lord was really pressing on, on our hearts is let's go out and multiply. There's, there's something that we need to begin to do in our lives and we need to get with the, the leadership of this church to better understand what we're called to walk in, where God is appointing us to go, and go out and multiply. Because what I find incredible, just to give you a side example of, of math and its power and what God can do with this congregation, I don't know if you guys know about, this is not a theory, this is an ab absolute fact, but I don't know if you guys know, but you can take a penny and double it every single day for 30 days. And you ask people, what do you think a penny doubled over a period of, of 30 days would equate to? And to the layperson, if you would ask, hey, I, I'll, I'll give you a choice. I'll double a penny for you. In other words, you take a penny on the first day, the second day it's two cents, the next day it's four cents, eight cents, so on and so forth, over 30 days, or I'll give you a million dollars cash. Most people will just raise up their hands and say, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the million dollars. But if you double a penny over 30 days, it equals $5.4 million. $5.4 million from one cent. Why am I sharing that? Because I see the opportunity for us in God's calling to our lives and how, we're appointing, how he's appointing us to walk in obedience where we carry the spirit of multiplicity, reaching out to people, bringing them in where they can be cleaned, where they can speak to a Johnny and establish things in their lives, where they can speak to a prophet and get some direction on some things. But there's, there's something they're missing, and I, I, I just want to pray for us we would set that before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm yours. You just fill in the gaps. I set my life before you. Utilize me as a vessel, however you want, however you want to use me. But let's begin to do that because there is a city that is hurting. Yeah. And we can become a hospital for those that are hurting. Yes, a, hospital, a hospital for those souls. But we got to go out and get the fish. But you know how in that, that scripture, uh, the, the exact verse escapes me, but these fishermen are fishing, and Jesus says, cast the net over here. And man, they bring in that net, and it's just full, like that boat is like sinking full of fish. And I think we've been trying things in our own strength and wondering why we're not catching any fish. And I believe it has to do with just intently listening, intently listening to what God is calling us to do. Because you can hear noise, you don't listen to noise. And you can hear God's voice, but listening and hearing are two wildly different things. So, if it's okay with you, brother, I would just like to 
pray over us that we would hear yeah. and listen yeah. to what God is calling us to and mm -hmm. that we would approach this leadership humbly to further that forward. So Jesus, I'm, I'm so thankful for your word this morning. I'm thankful for using men like Alex that have answered the call that has surrendered to being chosen and saying, I'll walk in this. Because Father, where would this church be? Where would the lives that are represented here and outside of these walls that have been affected by Easis and that calling, where would all of those people be without people raising their hands and saying, yes, I will? So Father, I know that there are people that are chosen right here in these pews. And I know that you're calling more and they're outside of these four walls. So Father, I ask that you begin to unfold the plans and purposes that you have for your, your church that's ever expanding, your kingdom that's ever growing. And Lord, that these footsteps that you've already appointed that we would surrender our lives and in the busyness of this season that we would indeed not dismiss the reason behind that season and reconcile with family members reach out to those that are lost speak to that neighbor that you know well and good that their faith is completely outside of your understanding. Maybe it's a, a Muslim faith. Maybe it's a cult-like faith. Maybe it's a faith of just self. Whatever it is, God, that we would have a boldness to just reach out. I pray right now that you would lay on those hearts these giftings that people have of hospitality, these giftings that people have of just making someone feel great. They're all your gifts, Lord God. And I ask that right now you begin to change that and not use it for personal gain, not use it for a, a secular political correctness. But Father, for, for life-changing fishing, that we would go out where you tell us to cast those nets and bring in baskets and baskets of fish that say, I want to be clean. I don't know what's going on in my life, but I need a change. And that someone like Alex would be willing to roll up his sleeves and get dirty with them. And that they would know they wouldn't be judged, they would be loved. Jesus, when you approach that, that lady at the well, you had your disciples that walked with you go out and tackle some errands first. Because you knew they didn't even have the understanding of how to love the way you were about to love. How to approach a woman that in that culture a man wouldn't approach. But you made it so aware that you were there for her. Father, would you, would you set aside our agendas Lord, that we would surrender to that call.
and use us to reach the lost. I'm not talking about reshuffling the deck chairs of churches. I'm not talking about seducing someone to come to this church because there's a tickle to the ears of the song and worship here that they're not getting fulfilled in this church. I'm talking about people that are truly lost, Lord. Would you lead us to those doors? Would you give us the courage to speak up in a grocery store? Would you impart words of knowledge that we would be able to just reach people in such an impactful way that they would recognize, surely this is God speaking to me. And would you bring them here, Jesus? You're establishing something great here. And I see a pastor that's surrendered and broken to a call. And he truly wants to pastor. But a pastor does not multiply. It's the sheep that multiply. So Jesus, would you use that capacity in all of us? You give us a picture of it in the natural, how we're wired to procreate and make more people. And you call us to go out and be fruitful and multiply. But would you take that from the eternal realm and the spiritual realm? That it would echo through the halls of eternity that the things that we would speak to people from this day forward would have eternal benefits. And we'd call them in to this little church this little church that can expand just like we see the picture of one cent being expanded to over 10 million thank you jesus do it today for your glory lest anyone would boast yes lord and have your way in our lives lord god amen. it's in jesus name we pray amen thank you for that brother thank you so i'm going to leave that as the as the benediction y'all go forth with that Alright. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry I've kept you here long. Because <laughs> that's good. It's good stuff. Nowhere else I'd rather be but with my family, honestly. So I hope that you have been um, encouraged this morning and lifted up uh, enough to go affect your environment. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. We need you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. You guys are free to go.